The BIA podcast is back. We are somewhat somber. We're gonna have to, but we're good. Mm. We're good. We're good. We. It's been feels like a couple weeks in dog years, maybe or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> aftermath of the game. Yeah, doggy years. After aftermath of the game, we uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the transfer portal. We're going to talk about um, the playoff and what the playoff committee did on playoff. Sunday. Um, and we're also <laughs> yeah we're <laughs> we're not included in that. Um, we're not going to be included in that conversation. Some there, some you could make an argument that we could be though. Uh, but uh, and then we're also going to talk Heisman. But first, we're going to start off with the aftermath of the game. Uh, it was a closer matchup <clears throat> than the past two seasons, but that don't matter because we fell too many points behind. Lost by six. I don't even remember the score. I don't want to remember the score. I'm not going to look it up. I just know that we lost by six. Um, you know, it was it was a hard fought game. I was proud of our effort. Um, I was proud of our effort. Well, Some things caught up to us though. Um, Kyle McCord's uh, play in the first quarter. <laughs> who? And uh, yeah, I don't know that man. No, we're not on that energy, man. We're not on that energy. We're not on that energy, dog. I mean, he was eleven. He was eleven. I stand 11 by all of the players. All any player who's on the roster at Ohio State, I stand by. The rest of them. He's technically still on the roster. He's technically still on the roster, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Look. It caught up to us. The offensive line play caught up to us. The injuries by some, lack of effort by others. Um, we could critique, you know, all day. I would just have to say, man, um, Michigan, it was just, it was one of those things, man. To me, I felt like Buckeye Nation looking on social media was just all it was all hands go, man. Like felt like so much momentum was going into that game. I felt like we were gonna do some stuff on the field that we hadn't done this season. Um the the only thing I saw that we did was some sort of a draw play to Xavier Johnson in the middle for a first down. That's the one thing that stands out in my mind that we did differently, um, that we hadn't done all season. That I I don't that I can recall, um, but um, yeah, man. What 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 are your thoughts? I, I my my mind's jumbled right now. What are your thoughts about the aftermath of the game? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the game was disappointing. We talked about whether or not which game which loss hurts most in this this trilogy of pain, <laughs> um, and. For me, this one, you know, maybe it's maybe I'm just becoming numb. I'm becoming numb to it. Where this one didn't, hurt. this one hurt the least of the of the of the three. 
were me. I think a combination of the fact that it wasn't as surprising as the first year. It wasn't as surprising as 2021. Um, and then I guess 2022 was hurtful because of it seemed like just the extravagant fashion in which we went down with these huge plays that just made it hard to stomach. And this year, there really wasn't that. It wasn't it wasn't an exceptional player from Michigan, even like two years ago when um, their running back Haskins had like five rushing touchdowns. Like they've, they've had some like really exceptional players and units in the last couple of years. This year, it really just felt like both teams just kind of playing good football and then they you know they didn't have the ball last but they had that that last that long drive that kind of was the difference in that game um because i think even comic um formerly a member of the ohio state buckeyes uh now dead to me <laughs> comic though i think like if you give him if you give him more time in that drive he probably is able to you know have some more success like that that last interception uh, I think it's a little bit excusable. You're obviously in a really tight situation. No time. You got to get rid of the ball. You're getting hit. So that kind of makes sense. If you if you imagine that drive has four and a half minutes instead of one and a half minutes, you know, then that's a different different play calling and different decision making by the quarterback. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of unfair of him to expect someone to be successful in there. That is a time he could have made himself a legend. Absolutely. Um, but that's not something where you watch that drive and you say, oh, a good quarterback should have been able to drive down the field on a top three defense in the country on the road and win the game. Like, that's a lot to ask. Um, first touch, first interception, not excusable. But that one, to me, is a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed. Um, but Ohio State has made improvements. We were, we were a better team this year. than We were last year. Like I know the results the same still sucks to lose. Uh, doesn't suck that much less to lose by six and it does by, you know, 20, but I don't think you can look at that team and say they didn't get better and they didn't get better. Even in the areas that they were trying to improve, Michigan had run the ball for like over 200 yards, two years in a row on Ohio state. And they didn't do that. Um, you know, Michigan didn't get the big plays through the passing game like they had before. Like we, we literally everything that we had failed on last year, in my mind, we made improvements on. We just were a, a worse passing team. But the things that we, you know, tried to in the offseason work on, we did. So that's encouraging. Uh, and now we have an offseason to try to fix the quarterback situation. And hopefully we'll see like similar success in terms of when the coaching staff zeroes in on something, we we did see improvement. Hopefully that happens again. Oh, man. Well, <clears throat> you said something that reminds me, uh, takes me back to the emotion of that I felt as soon as the game is over. And that was the fact that this one, to me, hurt more than the other two losses in this trilogy of pain, as you called it. <laughs> I like that. The trilogy of pain. Um, see, that first year, 2021, we had a stacked team. And 
you know, it kind of reminded me of like last year when Tennessee finally got over the hump against Alabama and they barely did though. And, uh, you know, with the last second field goal, you know, in a rivalry when one team hasn't won in a long time, it's like, you know, you get that one, you get that one off your back and it's like a blip on the, you know, on the decade long track or whatever you want to call it. So we as Buckeye fans were like, okay, well, they got one, you know? So we were looking at, you know, the next year in Columbus. So, you know, by the way, that year we didn't, that stopped us from going to the playoff. 2022. <clears throat> Another stacked team. Marvin Harrison Jr., um, arguably one of the best uh, um, players in the country. It's CJ Stroud, one of the best players in the country. Um, defensively, we were better than we were in 2021. And we go into that game and, you know, first half wasn't bad. First half wasn't, wasn't terrible. Second half, they just come out and they bludgeoned us on those, on those long, long, uh, explosive plays. Now we made it to the playoff and we got our hearts broken (laughs) against Georgia we should have won that game. Going into the season, 2023, all of a sudden, there's a scandal in Michigan that we are just kind of like Connor Stallions. He's he's scouting. You find tickets on Venmo that he's been going to games and stuff. Man, these past two seasons, <clears throat> he had our signals. We he had signals. We see the 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 videos and pointing up, 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 whatever. Jim Harbaugh gets suspended for three games the Penn State game, the Maryland game, and, of course, uh, in the game. So we're going against Jerome Moore, and we lose. We If we win this game, we go. We know that we go against Iowa in the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis. No disrespect to Iowa, but <laughs> that's a dub. <laughs> I think that was the most, that was the probably the most guaranteed dub out of it, any Power Five uh, championship game from this past Saturday. Um, I mean, Harbaugh probably is more than likely not going back to Michigan. Their sanctions are going to be coming. It was going to be a dark day for the University of, University of Michigan, and um, yet they won. And that, to me, it ended that it not necessarily ended the narrative of the cheating scandal. But one thing you said to me as I was watching the end of the Big Ten championship game, because I wanted to see Tony Petiti give the trophy over to to Jim Harbaugh. Um, you said something you said, it seems like it was like everything that they did was worth it. And that's and that's that. I mean, it, I hate. Just the fact that I just said that, like they're number one in the playoff. Um, now, albeit they get to go against Alabama, <laughs> who just took down Georgia on a neutral neutral site, Atlanta, Georgia, neutral site. Um, but again, like this one, this one to me hurt, man. Um, it hurt more than the other two. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, 
that you know that that to me is the thing that that sticks out and we had it we had it but didn't close the deal didn't close it so but you know that's life man you know like Ryan Day said in his press conference <laughs> that's life and you know one of the things that like in this era of postseason playoff um you know, where there's a four-team playoff now, next year we know that we would be in the playoff picture. Um, I think that the, I think the thing this is is going to definitely, and we see this bringing some changes, man. As we are kind of, we can transition over to the transfer transfer portal. You've already alluded to the fact that Kyle McCord um, has jumped into the portal. As we are recording on this Wednesday night. Chip Trainum. Yes, the running back who scored the game-winning touchdown against Notre Dame, um, pivotal play of the season, pivotal play of that game, has jumped into the transfer portal. He is the most recent Buckeye to do that. Another player on the offense that jumped into the portal was uh, Julian Fleming, um, most notably your boy. So, you know, as we talk about the portal, we've talked about, you know, what we've – lost in the portal um we can talk about that we can and we can also like kind of look on the horizon and, and figure out what what is it that we're going to need to acquire from the portal to make uh the buckeyes in the offseason um a team to be reckoned with and to continue to to stand on this contending uh track that ohio state is on Well, yeah, I mean, Chip. Chip is the most recent, and I, I think that's a that's a not a small deal. But I, I don't think we can start. We have to start with Kyle. I mean, that's the most important player to be to join the portal. There's yeah. been over ten, but this really it's Kyle. Like, everybody else is like, oh man, that could have been some a nice piece next year. This player, I like them a lot, but no no player that's been in the portal is close to the significance of common core. And that's true usually about the quarterback, but I would say especially true um, right now, given what the quarterback play looked like this year. So for me, uh, Kyle, I, I didn't expect this. I mean, I was kind of hoping that Ohio state would acquire a quarterback in the portal. And I figured depending on who that is, the writing would be on the wall for common core to leave or it would be somebody who's coming in to compete with Kyle McCord and then maybe one of the backups currently, Devin Brown or Lincoln Keenholz, uh, would be leaving. But uh, Kyle left, and apparently it was like a conversation with Ryan Day, came after Ryan Day, wouldn't commit to Kyle McCord being the QB next year, which makes sense. And, um, yeah, I mean, I am not I, – I was someone who, who I feel like defended Kyle McCord, even on this podcast, even against you. I defended Kyle McCord, I feel like, all year. But at the when you're looking at it at the end, and I, and I still don't believe he should have been benched. I don't believe you should have replaced him with Devin Brown, who couldn't beat him out for the spot. Kyle McCord should have been the quarterback last year, and, you know, he played pretty well. But it was clear that Kyle McCord was not – like a major plus for Ohio State this year. You know, obviously he didn't lose us a lot of games. We only lost one game total. And I wouldn't say he completely lost us the Michigan game. 
but he definitely contributed to the loss significantly. And he did not do anything that would have contributed to the win. If we were able to win that game, it's almost like it wouldn't have been because Kyle McCord had an amazing game. It would have been he like made a couple of the right throws at the right time. And our defense won the game for us. Some teams are comfortable with that. Michigan is right. Their quarterback also is not is not wowing you either in his throws or his stats. But that's how they want to play. Ohio State does not want to play with average to above average quarterback play. They want to play with great quarterback play. Ryan Day's offense is designed for a great quarterback. So this was necessary. Um, I, I do believe Kyle McCord is going to be successful. I hope he goes someplace that is like good, but not, I don't want him to go in the big 10. I really don't. I'm afraid he's going to go to like Michigan state or something like that. I hope he goes to somewhere in the big 12 or ACC and just, just like, is an amazing, you know, Lake Forest quarter quarterback. Um, and I believe he's, he's very good. And, most teams in the country will be lucky to have a quarterback who played the way Kyle McCord played. That's fair. We're not most teams. We don't have the aspirations of most teams. And so I think this makes sense for both parties. Um, both parties get a fresh start. And Ryan Day has has another year to try to show us that this was a blip and that he is the quarterback guru, him and Corey Dennis. They are the gurus that we thought they were. Um, and that Kyle McCord was just, you know, an aberration. So we'll see. Yeah, well, like you said, we're not most teams. But one of the things that just kind of sparked my mind that you, from what you said, we're not most teams, and you need a you need great quarterback play in this offense. And we're used to the Haskins, the Justin Fields, the C.J. Strouds. Who's I mean, C.J. Strouds tearing it up in the NFL, right? <laughs> MVP, MVP. Um, I think that. Let's, it got me to thinking about some of the quarterbacks who have had great quarterback play around the country this year. Let's just throw out some names. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, uh, Jaden Daniels. Um, let's see. To a certain extent, to a certain extent, Sam Hartman. Okay, we can give, we can give, you know, he it wasn't great. That was above average. I'll say it, but that was above average. Um, Quinn Ewers. These are all everybody you've named so far is like twenty five years old. By the way, <laughs> in terms of true, yes, Daniels, but they were Penix, also Knicks yes. and Hartman. Yes, and Quinn. Now Quinn is the exception, <laughs> um, but they were all yes. former Ohio State quarterback. They're all transfer quarterbacks, and they found a place that was gonna that fit. They found a place that fit. Um, their skill set, they found a brand new beginning. And that's what I believe we're going to need to do. Um, you know, I don't like, I don't love some of the names of the, of the quarterbacks um, who have entered the portal. Um, you know, you asked me a question earlier uh, offline about what quarterback would I want to see us acquire from the portal who isn't in the portal right now. Um, I have to be honest, I haven't been really thinking about my answer. <laughs> but obviously, um, oh, great. you know, one person. Great podcasting right there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about my answer. Um, one, 
one person I would say, obviously, <laughs> that I would love to see um, is Arch Manning. Um, I would love to see Arch Manning in this Ohio State offense. Um, is there any name while well, I think of some other ones <laughs> that you would like to see that isn't in the portal right now? Aside from Arch Manning. Uh, I mean, me, Arch Manning is not somebody that I have high on my list, only because I haven't seen him do anything. I'm, the only time I've seen him is play in, you know, Division Seven football in, you know, high school where he was playing against people who were all four foot five. I haven't seen him play top 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 competition. And the reality is, yes, he's a five star, and he's a, he's a very high ranked five star. But Kyle McCord was a five star, so it's like you need you need something a little bit more than that. Um, yeah, I mean, I actually don't have anybody that to me stands out as. Um, as a hit and that's kind of my my fear like i really don't want a quarterback um who is coming in as a transfer but is coming in um and just competing with devin brown like i love i'm happy devin brown posted the other day he's like hey I'm rolling my dice. I'm ready to like risk it all or something like that. He didn't say that, but something like that to say like, Hey, I'm not afraid of competition. Great. I, well, it was, a go ahead. That, that post was that post. I, I believe I know which post you're talking about. Um, are you talking, was it the one where they were doing the workouts? He showed a picture oh, of him so. basically the yelling caption, during the, watch the picture. Oh, Mm-hmm. The one that stands out to me was him burning the boats. Did you see that one last night? Burning the boats? Yes. <laughs> he sent out a picture <laughs> that said of he sent out a picture of basically this portrait of these burnt boats, you know, from what happened when I believe the Spanish came over to uh to uh to to conquer um new land. Uh, it was either Northern or South America. I don't know. The My history is kind of foggy right now. But, you know, the story of them, the fact that they burn the boats and, you know, so that they can, there's no turning back. They have to complete the mission. So he's basically, it was a confirmation that he's committed to Ohio State. Yeah, and that's great. And um, thank you for, for giving us this, the, the news and the history lesson with probably faulty history. But the thing is like I don't want to bring <laughs> somebody I don't want to bring somebody in to compete with Devin Brown. I don't find the value in that. I would rather bring somebody in who is going to sit Devin Brown down. I want somebody when they when they sign it's like, "Oh yeah, ADB, hey, you're going to be the backup." And they, he's going to in his mind he's going to say, "No, F that. I'm a I'm a beat this guy." But I want it to be where everybody else's reaction, <laughs> everybody in the world, but Devin Brown and his daddy, when this when they get this transfer, should be saying, "Yeah, this guy is going to be the starter." That's what I want in a transfer quarterback because I don't find the value in bringing somebody in and then having so much hype because there's gonna be a lot of hype around an Ohio State transfer quarterback. If you do all of that and then this person is still competing, then you're adding so much more scrutiny, so much more pressure. For potentially 
a non-difference maker in the QB room. I just, I would rather. So like when there was um, the quarterbacks that are in the portal, uh, I like Dylan Gabriel the best. And that's because, not because I think he's the necessarily the best quarterback in the country, but he has a proven track record. He has proven success. He won, he won 10 games. He beat a Texas team that is in the playoff that beat Alabama. He also, when he beat them, he beat them with some clutch play. I don't know if you watched the end of that game. I can't remember if you watched that one or not. Oh, you might have been at Falls Park or something like that. But he beat them. He beat them through the air and with <laughs> and with his and with his legs. So it's like he has demonstrated the ability to be a willing runner, um, a gamer, and a consistent and prolific passer. And and he's also like the quarterbacks you mentioned that are all transfers. He's also 50 years old. And I think when you bring in somebody like that, it's clear that this guy is not coming to compete. This guy is coming for one more hurrah. And, you know, before he go to the NFL and they have the level of experience that would make it very obvious. He would be the starter if they brought him in. You know what I mean? Like he, now maybe he gets benched midway through the season because he's, because he sucks. That's possible, but you don't bring in a guy like Dylan Gabriel in to compete with Devin Brown. And so it seems like he's going to Oregon, so it's a moot point. But that's what I'm looking for: is somebody with a proven track record, who we got us, who you say is his job to lose. Let's see how he plays in the beginning of the season, and you know, Devin Brown always stay hungry and be ready to step up if he gets hurt or if he starts to suck. But right now, I don't see anybody who fits that description who's in the portal, and I just think that when you're Ohio State you can garner interest from people who are in a good situation, right? There's a lot of quarterbacks who are at good schools and good programs and starting roles. Most of them are not going anywhere. But if Ryan Day sends them a little you up DM, they might have to answer that. they, they They might have to roll over and make sure their coach don't see and be like, Start playing, Ryan. <laughs> like that's what I'm. That's what I need. Somebody <laughs> who is a uh, in a good situation, and I think that's possible. That we're not thinking about it now, and then in two months when it's announced that this person is going to be transferring to Ohio State, we're going to be like, "What? Where did that come from?" It's like, well, when you're Ryan Day, you can get responses from people who are otherwise in a good spot. Well, speaking of Ryan Day sending people some hey big head. Uh, DMs. Um, <laughs> do you think that what about this name popped up in my head? Now, I know this is not likely. He's not playing in the bowl game that um, his team is participating in. Um, this person is also a Heisman Trophy winner. Caleb Williams. I I, I know that he has had I know that he has had spectacular games, plays, throws, runs uh, for um, playing for the Sooners, playing for USC um, for these past two seasons. Could he use another? Could he use another uh, year in college? to refine some skills and also ultimately compete for a championship. Now, next year, even though, you know, we know that next year is going to be a 12 year, I'm sorry, 12 
team playoff, it's going to be more difficult to win a championship. I mean, that's just what it is. You go from you go from only having to win two games to having to win now three games, basically. Um, and and depending now, depending on which seeding you're you have, because if you're a top four seed, then you get a buy. Um, does that make sense? I think it does. I think it could work. I think I think it, ask, I think it let would me ask work. You a question. And that give would be me, okay. give me a number. Can you give me a number? What what pick is Caleb Williams going to be in the draft if he goes this year? Man, um, depending on the team that has the pick, he's definitely going to be a top five. Pick. Right. We don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, at the very worst, he would be. A, and there's honestly there's no way he goes below three. Like because even if the team at the top or one or two didn't want him, somebody would trade up by the time he got to three. In the worst case scenario, so if you're top three, you really can't improve your draft stock. And it's like yes, he could definitely improve as a player, but he could not improve his draft stock. And the question is like, if you are you improve as a player in order to if you're in college to be drafted higher. So it's like, if you've already reached the pinnacle of your goal, then to absorb the risk of coming back and there being no payoff in terms of actually getting drafted higher. It's like, I think most players, I think will assume that they will get better by playing football full time and being coached by NFL staff. Uh, and that's where he'll learn the things he's not great at right now. He'll learn them in training camp, not in spring practice uh, at Ohio State. Let me bring this. Let me bring this name up. Like I get, like he, okay. he's going to be a top five pick. There have been other top five picks though who should have stayed in college. Like I mean, that's just that's just, now. I know I'm going to bring this name up. You, I think you know who I'm about to spring up. I, d- I, Zach Wilson. I don't. Yeah, no, he would not be better. You're, you're acting like you're saying like if Zach Wilson, if he had came back to college, that he would have all of a sudden been worthy of. He was never worthy of being a top two pick. And to me, no, he shouldn't. He got in. He got, he had an, he didn't have another year where he could have been exposed. He tricked everybody. <laughs> he had under the veil of COVID. He got in there <laughs> and made people think that he was a top three pick. I never did. I, I wouldn't be a record. I never thought he was that good. But one more year in college would not have made him more prepared to lead the Jets. He's just not that good. And if anything, he should be thinking uh, his, you know, uh, never mind. <laughs> Whatever his faith is, he should be praising um, that deity because he's made a lot of money and he's not that good and great good for you buddy maybe he'll be a backup but yeah i mean no it's not your point around like are some, are some players not that good and maybe like get drafted higher than their they have higher expectations than, they, than their readiness is yes but i think that that's more of an example of a player who was never going to reach that and i don't see going back and playing 12 games on byu schedule making you now ready for it to be an NFL quarterback when you are, you know, five foot, 10 and a half and not that gifted. Like I just, there's actually what he, he 
I don't think he's going to gain these skills going back to BYU. Let me let me be clear. I'm not saying that he should have went back to BYU and played another year. I'm saying he should have transferred to a program where he was going to play better competition and he was going to also mature, refine some skills, those sort of things in a program that, that he could have trusted basically moving forward. I'm saying as far as Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson was when he was at BYU. I, I'm not, I am not saying that he wasn't. But the year he had at USC was not very good in terms of the outcome of the games. He had a great – I mean, that that game, the Washington game, I mean, he went toe-to-toe with Penix, and they fell short. And actually, Penix didn't have an amazing game that game. It was really the running back for Washington that kept them in that game and the lack of tackling by the USC defense. Give Caleb Williams an, a better offensive line. Because he's he's a scramble drill quarterback, um, we're not really sure what he's what, he's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. Um, so I'm looking at what is he going to do behind an offense, a better offensive line at Ohio State, a better defense at Ohio State that actually tackles a more physical team, um, and frankly, better receivers. That's my point. <clears throat> That's my point. I'm not saying that it's definitely going to happen. I'm not trying to troll. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I I know this wasn't about Zach Wilson, but I can't get off of him now. Listen, if he goes (laughs) to, like, Alabama and he plays in the SEC for a year, do you think (laughs) Zach Wilson playing in the SEC for a full year is still the number two overall draft pick? That's hard to say. Because to, to me, that boy gets lit up in weeks three through seven, and that man is fighting <laughs> at the combine to get himself a third-round draft pick. Like, you're right. Like, he wasn't ready for the competition. But again, if you are a player who is perceived to be a top-five pick, you're not. your concern is not whether or not you are actually ready. Your concern is getting to that pick, getting that pay, and then using the resources once you get there to elevate your game. Your concern is not, hey, guys, actually, before you give me all these millions of dollars, I actually think I'm not deserving of this yet. You go and get the money, and if they think you're you're as good as they think you are, and then if you're not, you'll be exposed. If you don't work hard enough or you never had it, you'll be exposed, but you'll be exposed with millions of dollars. As opposed to getting exposed as a – as a college student, not getting paid. When we see these players, there are a lot of transfer quarterbacks this year. Devin Leary, uh, damn, what's the old boy from? Um, uh, I'm trying to think like all the like all the SEC all the AC quarterbacks who who's transferred like um, North North Carolina State and like, all these players who who like. Oh sure, DJ Uyunga. Like, I mean, he wasn't really like threatening to go to the league, but. Yeah, I'm, he, I mean, he had a pretty good year, but I'm saying you have players mm-hmm. who transfer and then they don't do anything, it, they, their draft stock does not increase because, hey, they actually played better competition this year. Yeah, but they didn't do anything with that. And so now, now we just are confirming that they're not ready as opposed to when you're younger and you still have this promise. And that's what people want to draft. They want to draft the possibility. And you don't want to prove to them you don't win, you don't gain money by proving them right. You could lose money by proving them wrong in college, and that's all I'm saying. And I'm I, again, and you know, let me just also be clear on this. You're right. 
with in terms of a player who's already a top five pick. He should just go ahead and go to the draft. I got you on that. I got you. You you know, you have me on your side on that. I'm looking at this from the Ohio State standpoint. If Ryan Day could <laughs> somehow lure Caleb Williams to Columbus, I think that's a home run. Would we can we agree on that? Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a home run. But I mean, you saw we saw some trolls today talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the transfer portal and you you had a reaction of <laughs> that's some that's some bull. Again, why would he ever do that? And I'm saying like you can I think that that's the same principle. Like there's nothing for him to gain even if he was to go to an offense. There I'll say this. What he had this year with Kyle McCord, he goes to USC with Caleb Williams. He could put up way better numbers than he put up this year. Okay? But that would not he wouldn't gain anything from that in terms of his NFL readiness or his draft stock. And so um, you know, he would put up way better numbers, but I just think that like it's to me, I see those things as equal. Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr., Caleb Williams, two players who are already the top, you know, QB one, wide receiver one in the draft. And um, you know, they can they they kind of doesn't really matter what you said Caleb Williams didn't even have a good year. And he's still number one projected, right? So it's like we are—they already made up their mind about him anyway. He doesn't need to prove anybody wrong. But yeah, Ohio State would be great. And I—I I mean, I don't. There's nobody like him. Like I don't think there's anybody on that level that we're that's out there. Um, I'm just hoping that there's somebody we're not thinking of that we're like, oh, well, I never thought they were gonna get you know so and so. But I think Caleb is Caleb is too Dude. established. It's so far between. I mean, the cool. No, I mean, I'm saying like it's so far and few between. This you can't really think, you know. And so, um, maybe maybe you know, maybe in future episode we'll think of some or by that time we'll we'll get the quarterback that we that we want. But you know, we've been talking about a lot of Heisman uh, candidates. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. Heisman finalist uh, for this year. Um, along with Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., and Jaden Daniels. And what stinks is the fact that <laughs> Jaden Daniels uh, is the favorite to win. You know, I'm sh- I have no idea what the Vegas odds are um, right now. But Jaden Daniels is the favorite to win, and he had he's on a team that had lost three games. So, I believe Marv has a shot. Enough people in the sport have said that he's the best player in college football, but he's also going up against three quarterbacks who have had who have amazing numbers. So um, it, it stinks, man. Just kind of like having no, no. It doesn't stink in terms of obviously recruiting. You do want to have a player on the offense. Um, or defense, it doesn't matter what, what side of the ball they're on, to be a Heisman finalist. I mean, um, Ohio State put out basically Chase Young, Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins, C.J. Stroud twice, uh, and and now Marvin Harrison Jr., and they had like this picture of um, all of them um, in the years that they were Heisman finalists. That, that is great a great recruitment tool. Um, what are your thoughts on the Heisman this year and, um, you know, the shot – that Marv has in winning it. 
Yeah, I um, I mean, Vegas odds, he has no shot. I just looked at him, he's plus <laughs> uh, to like 20,000 um, to Jeez. win. They know. I mean, like betting. They know who oh, won. That's uh, yeah. They got Jade Jay, Jay Daniels is like a far and away favorite. Um, I I don't get that actually. I, I I feel like it should be Michael Penix. Um, and you know I'll I'll probably for the the purpose of a of a TikTok clip, I'll be clipping me saying that Bo Nix is a Heisman Heisman uh, favorite or at the beginning of this season. I did call that, and I think he has had a great season. I feel like. Whatever I said in that clip, I won't even try to repeat it because I was smart then. I'm I'm less smart now. <laughs> I've gone through a whole season, <laughs> but uh, he's played he played great and he did like I said like he had a chance to win, you know, um, the conference. He had a chance to win obviously, and so that made him a, a finalist as well. But Michael Penix is playing for the number two seed, and he is the best player on that team, and he is the reason why that team is where they are. Again, that's the reason why, you know, McCarthy's not on this list because he's not the reason why Michigan is where they are. Penix is the, is the ne- on the next best team, and he is the best player. It's weird to see a quarterback be the best player on a number two undefeated team where the offense is the very clear driver of that team's success, and he's not the favorite. I just don't really get that. Jane Daniels. Great stats, great numbers, and he's on. He plays in the SEC, so he plays against good competition. He plays a game, a lot of games that are high profile. You know, he had he had big opportunities, but I don't know. I mean, he not to hate on him too much, but he, I just don't. I don't see the the real moment. I guess you're you're talking Alabama game. I guess you're like I guess you're having a moment. I don't know, but to me. I can understand he has he has impressive stats. He's got he's got that difference between him and Michael Penix is that he's got the rushing stats to go along with the passing stats, and Michael Penix is a little more one dimensional. I mean, he's a lot more one dimensional. So I get that, but and I don't I don't always like it when the quarterback on the best team is like in New York for the thing. But this one to me seems like yeah, <laughs> like this guy actually does deserve it. He was clearly one of the best players, and his team has had elite success. That seems like a no-brainer, and for some reason, it's not. Marvin Harrison, as a Buckeye fan, love that he's there. Um, he is absolutely very talented. He is uh, a game-breaker uh, on offense. He did not have, you know, gaudy stats this year. He doesn't have any of the records. He's not like, oh, wow, he his numbers are greater than every other receiver, right? And if you're a receiver trying to win the Heisman, you kind of need to have at least one of those stats be like far and above every other receiver, right? So like he didn't have touchdowns. He's not leading the country in touchdowns or yardage or receptions or any of that. So it's really hard to imagine him winning. It's just the fact that any if you could pick a receiver for your team, you're picking Marvin Harrison Jr. That's to me is like undebatable. But whether or not players had more impressive stats this year, I think that's arguable. And that's why I don't think he'll be able to win as a wide receiver. I love what you said. If you had to pick a receiver, you're picking Marvin Harrison Jr. There's been great receivers out there this year. You're right. He doesn't have the the number one um, uh, receiving numbers in the country. There was, I think it was, I think it was Bill Rabinowitz. Shout out to Bill Rabinowitz. His DVR uh, (laughs) 
DVR specials after the at the end of the game or after the games are over, um, where he goes back and he shows slow motion, kind of breaks down the play. Um, one of the one of the games he said he showed uh, a DVR play of Marvin Harrison Jr. and he captioned it and said, I "Appreciate him while he's here, folks, because he ain't staying." So he says something along those lines. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the reason we won the Penn State game on offense, offensively. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the reason we were even in the Michigan game. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the reason we pulled out some games this year where our offense was stagnant and he just made um, a crazy play when he was getting uh, pass interfered. He was getting uh, uh, held. Um, He's that type of guy. There's some games, like I went to the Minnesota game, um, Kyle McCord, you know, saw him, saw him, uh, that was my second time seeing him live. The first time was at, at the spring game. So, you know, seeing some growth, yes, but he was inaccurate on a few throws, um, to Marvin Harrison Jr. And I got a chance to see Marv down in the red zone. It was basically, I think it was a two play drive off of a fumble that, um, that JTT returned and Marvin Harrison, I mean, slant right in the middle of it, you know, catch. So it's, it's, he's one of those guys where he can basically be an automatic six. And there's some throws that McCord threw to him that McCord threw to Marvin Harrison, Marv, that he should have, if it was more accurate, it would have been six for sure. If you throw it in this, in his radius, it's a catch. So I'm saying this to say that I, to, as my appreciation to, him and to the fact that he is a Heisman finalist is awesome. And I think he has a shot. I know he's a long, long, long shot against three quarterbacks who have, again, amazing numbers. Um, but like you said, um, he, you pick a, if you're going to pick a wide receiver to be on your team, first team All-American wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr. is your guy. So He's a top five pick in the draft. I mean, top three, I'm sure he might be the number one pick, depending on what team uh, has that need. So, yeah. I think he needed to have a great game against Michigan to be – I think, honestly, if Marv has a great game against Michigan – and I, I don't mean that he that he played poorly against Michigan. I just mean he didn't have the stats, right? Like, let's say, like, Kyle McCord, um, you know – if 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 he catches if that last play is not intercepted and like Marv catches it, turns to the outside shoulder, dashes down, wins the game, I think that he has a he has a much better shot. But you know, those plays like the play where he did catch the ball as like Will Johnson is like hanging onto his legs and Marv still catches it out in front of him. That's a great play, but it's not as memorable in a loss, to be honest. Like he needed to have he needed a moment there. To say like the biggest game I am taking over in this game, and that's what's winning us. We, there was a game with like the highest rated game, and so like everybody's watching that game. You need to do it there. And again, I don't blame him. I'm just saying that that's where he could have had a better shot to me if 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 everybody left that game and saying, "Wow, this man just won, just beat Michigan." Like Marvin Harrison just beat Michigan. I think he might he might be a Heisman winner, but that didn't happen. What you what I you wanted think to, I, I can wanted see to you gasping. You want to say something? 
No, I wanted to interject and say, you you don't blame him. I wanted to be like, who do you blame? <laughs> I wanted to be like, who do you blame? Because I will blame Kyle for some of those throws that he did oh. not he did not accurately. Listen, uh, Kyle McCord is no longer throw. in the circle of trust, all right? He is out. He's out. We can blame him. We can throw him, throw him under the bus. Like he ain't, we ain't, we ain't claiming him no more. Like I said, I wish him well, but he doesn't get that protection that we usually give our players. Where it's like, no, nah, man, you gotta understand, he's working hard. He's in the Woody every. Nah, he ain't in the Woody no more. No. <laughs> All right, he ain't in the Woody. I no got more. you. No, no, I got you. I just, it just again, like it stinks that base. As you're saying this, I'm like, man, if he would have had, um, a, a better. A better site that bet last drive, you know, he was open. The crazy thing about it is that he was open. Kyle got hit, you know, it wasn't completely his fault on that interception, but he was open, bro. Um, he's almost always open, dog. And when he's not open and they throw it to him, he finds a way to catch it. That's what's so amazing about Marvin Harrison Jr. But, you know, I uh wish him wish uh I wish him good luck for sure. Um and um you know, as we as we as we close the show, um, we know that there there are going to be journalists across the nation voting on. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish this thought. This is about the Heisman. Go ahead, finish it. I have, I have a question about something. Else. Yeah, I was gonna, oh, I was going to say that um, we have uh, journalists across the country voting on the Heisman, um, and. We had a selection committee <laughs> this past uh, weekend selecting the playoff, um, the final four. We taught, we heard four best teams. We heard f- most deserving teams, but obviously the biggest controversy that has been blown from the selection is the fact that the Florida State Seminoles, the 13 and 0 ACC champion Florida State Seminoles um did not make it. This committee chose a 13 and 1 uh I'm sorry, not 13 and 1, 12 and 1 Alabama mm-hmm. to make that fourth spot. They beat Georgia in the SEC championship game and they will face the number one ranked Michigan Wolverines two and three Washington is two Texas is three and then they put in uh, Alabama and um, now the, the reason that the committee didn't put Florida State in is because Jordan Travis had a gruesome leg injury where he broke his leg um, in their second to last game and Well, third to last game, seeing that they faced Louisville in the championship game. Man, um, their defense played well against Louisville, and they played well against Florida in their rivalry game. Um, but their offense was trash. I mean, honestly, like it was not what it was. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, if you go into a playoff game with your backup, that you're going to be bad. People kept on bringing up the 2014. Um, Ohio State Buckeyes with Cardell Jones as a third string quarterback who won won it all. 
I think that we were a little bit more well-rounded um, than this Florida State team. But, you know, people have been giving their thoughts on the fact that this was a sham. This was it, it, it was it, it wasn't fair. I mean, this is the first time that the committee did what they did. Um, having a few days to kind of think about this, I just it boils down to me is the, to the fact that you have a power five structure. You have power five structure. You have five teams that are going to win a championship uh, for their conference, but you only have four spots. So there was going to be a year when you ran into this. And there have been other years where people got left out um, for bigger brands, um, where the committee felt like that brand uh, did enough to make basically make it. But um, this year, Florida State, was the it was the first time that an undefeated conference champion um, did not make the playoff. Some people think that it should have been Michigan, Washington, and then Florida State, and then that fourth spot, you have no choice but to leave out the SEC because Texas beat Alabama in Alabama by, I think it was like 10 points or something like that. Um, but, you know, reality is, I think a lot of people, and I'm going to end with this, a lot of people know that Alabama, <laughs> the Michigan-Alabama game is a better game than Michigan-Florida State. I know Florida State fans don't want to hear that, but, I mean, it's the truth. Without Jordan Travis. With Jordan Travis. Um, so, I, I mean, with, I mean, sorry, sorry, with, going. yeah, sorry, thanks. <laughs> You're right. No, I'm saying, I'm saying either way. I guess I'm saying, I'm saying either way. Like, I think that that Florida State team isn't a team that, we talked football all year. We never were, even if we were saying that Florida State deserved to be, you know, I can't remember where they were in our rankings when we, did, when we were doing still our top tens this season, but neither of us thought that Florida State team was going to win a national championship. So when they had Jordan Travis, so I think like they're a good team, um, but you, can, I'm saying you can make the point around Alabama being a better matchup, whether whether Florida State had the quarterback or not. I was curious to see if you were going to be real in the pod or you were going to change and be diplomatic because. You were saying some different stuff to me. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna expose you, but uh, uh, no, go ahead, no, go less, ahead, go uh, ahead, go ahead. He was, no, go he ahead. was telling y'all he was a lot less considerate of the <laughs> Seminole Nation uh, when that Louisville game was happening, and it was only a three-zero uh, lead at halftime. I think that um, honestly, I just don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for Florida State. I don't. I mean, I get it. They have a, uh, they have a legitimate gripe. It makes sense. They're saying we're undefeated, and so therefore we should be in. And this team has one loss. Um, obviously, Alabama's loss is, is a loss at home, but it's a loss to a team that's also in the playoffs. So they have the second best loss in the country behind Ohio State, um, but they also have arguably the best win. Well, they, they have the best win. They they beat Georgia, who was the undisputed you know, champion of the world, literally, and in the eyes of all all voters, and they beat them on a, on a neutral field. They beat them really at a, on a, in a home game. So that is that is significant. Um, you've got a team that has the second best loss and has enough has the best win against a team that 
you know, their best win is against uh, LSU. Florida State's best win is against LSU, LSU or Clemson uh, or Duke. LSU. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I mean, Louis. Okay. LSU is their best win. Um, who was, you know, obviously, um, you know, highly ranked at the time, but I mean, they're nine and three now, so it doesn't look as good. Um, so yeah, I, I think that like, I understand the case for them. As you mentioned, you got four spots for five conferences. Um, and I'll say this, I, if it like when we have an undefeated, you know, G five team, no one's saying like, well, because they have no losses, that's the thing, right? No, I mean, obviously with Cincinnati, they were able to get in, but for the most part, like when there's undefeated G five teams, Florida State fans are not saying those guys should get in because it's hard to win thirteen games. So we're saying that it matters. It does matter who you play. We 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 all in college football agree that the G5 undefeated is not the same as a one-loss conference champion in a Power 5, right? So if we're agreeing that those those are different, then we can have a real conversation about whether or not one loss in one loss in the SEC is the same, is equivalent to zero losses in the ACC. Um I mean obviously Alabama's one loss wasn't to a to SEC school, but it was also to a great to a school that is also better than Florida State. So um, yeah. I don't know. I don't feel bad for them. Um, I can understand why. And like, I'm excited about 12 teams. I would be fine with eight teams. I want more teams and that should solve a lot of this. It should solve teams that feel like they have a legitimate chance at winning a championship. And it sucks this year. There are a lot of teams that have a chance. And so I would, I would love to see Georgia in this playoff. I would love to, and I hate Georgia. <laughs> so like, but I would love to see them have a chance. I would love to see Florida State have a chance to prove everybody wrong that they actually can do it. Um and you know, we don't get that. We only have four teams, and so that sucks. Florida State will have a chance to beat Georgia, who is arguably the best team in the country. So Florida State, it's not the playoff, but you definitely have a chance to show the world, hey, we actually were this good. If you beat Georgia, that's not different in terms of difficulty of beating Michigan or beating Alabama or beating Washington. So prove to everybody not, that you yeah. were really there and, and, and do it. And, you know, you, you have that opportunity. Uh, but I will say also, I know you mentioned the Ohio state thing, 59 to zero was the conference championship game against Wisconsin 59 to True. zero with the backup quarterback. They scored for state scored one touchdown. So I like it's not the same. It's not even close to the same. And if Ohio State had looked like that against Wisconsin, they would not have gotten it. Like hundred percent. That that they only get in because one, they had that night game. It was like people were watching it and they didn't just win. They put on a show. They put on, they say, like, we are the baddest team in the country, and we're showing you that. And it was, it was they took it out of the hands of the people to say it. It was like we can, no one can say anything about this win. This is in, unarguable. Like 59, crazy high scoring, to zero, the lowest you could go. It was the peak of <laughs> offense and the peak of defense. Like, that is hard to game. do in a conference championship game. Like, that's you don't see that in a conference championship, in a Power 5 conference championship game. So, yeah, they kind of had a legendary night 
right before the committee was able to make their decision, Florida State had a, I'm going to say a cuss word, a crappy night. And they did win. They won a crappy game, which is important. You got to win sometimes when you play crappy. But when you're trying to prove that you're going to be a great product, then you came up short in the in the worst time. And, you know, you had a chance. You did have a, you did have a chance to actually play. I know it's like, sorry, this last thing. Forrest is basically saying, you didn't give us a chance, right? Like, we, we were really good. We could have been great without our quarterback. And you didn't give us a chance. You had a chance. You played a Louisville team that just lost to Kentucky. They're not that good. Their quarterback definitely. We watched that game. They're not that good. Okay. They're not that good. You had a chance to punish them and you did not. That was your playoff game. Keep it real. All these games that are in in college football are all playoff games until you get to the playoff game. That was their first playoff, first round playoff game. That was their play-in game, if you want to say. And they didn't complete the mission, which was show the country that you are still a powerhouse in this sport without Jordan Travis. They did not show that. Therefore, they lost their play-in game, and they had their chance. They just blew it. That's all I got. Well... Like we said, it's going to be going from 4 to 12 next year. Um, Big news hopefully happening soon uh, as far as us acquiring someone in the transfer portal. Jordan Jordan Travis. Not just just on someone, but we need multiple positions here coming to Ohio State um, (laughs) here because we have had a mass exodus. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and end it there. Um, good luck to all the teams in the bowl games that they're in. I know that um, our game is gonna be on December 29th down in Dallas, Texas, as we take on the Missouri Tigers um, down in Dallas, and we will make sure that we have a pod episode before that game. Um, and so we definitely appreciate you all for. Uh, listening in. We appreciate you following us today as well as, you know, all regular season. And uh, Justin said we'll have one episode for uh, the Ohio State postseason game um, on the 29th against Mizzou. If you are on social media, you can follow us at BIA.pod on TikTok and BIA.pod on um Instagram and BIA underscore pod on. That's it, wrong. YouTube. YouTube. No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's what I was upset. I was about to say, oh man, you got to be looking. I was like, it's been a while since I did it. So uh, we had that hiatus to recover emotionally from the loss. So I wasn't sure if I had, the trauma had knocked away my memory. Um, but yes, uh, find us there on, on social media. And uh, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please rate us five stars as our going, our end of season presents for the season, our Christmas present. Give us that five stars. And as always, OH. I O. Go Bucks.